living in. Lamentations chapter number 5, and look down, if you will, almost to the end of the book, the second to the last verse in the book, it's verse number 21. The Bible says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned, renew our days as of old. I remember reading that verse really for the first time as we prepared for the theme of this year back in uh, August, September, October, and how the Lord began to burn that verse within my heart, that this is his desire for our church this year, that we should be renewed as our days of old. It's my prayer that the Lord's vision will become our burden today, and I think we would all collectively agree this morning that it's time. It's time that we be renewed. It's time that we renew those three things that were on the end of that video. We renew our calling to the work of God. Uh, The calling of God continues regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what goes on in our government, regardless of elections or how the Supreme Court rules on this, that, or the other. The calling of this church must continue. And therefore, it's time for Central Baptist Church to renew our calling and what God has led us to this place for. But then the second thing is our character. It's time that our church return to who God's called us to be. It's time that we return to that godly character, that Christ-like character for which God has left us here to represent, and we've drifted away from that. As we're going to look at the message here this morning, when you drift away from the character of God and who God's called you to be, it's never going to end well. The scriptures are littered. The pages of scripture are littered with lives of those who forgot who they were, and they ended in destruction. The last part is commitment. I believe this morning that if we're going to fulfill the will of God and be renewed, we've got to renew our commitment to the will of God, not only to the word of God and the work of God, but we've got to renew our commitment. I know being out of church for a while, it's been difficult to stay committed, and it's been hard to stay in church when you're not in church. But regardless this morning of what comes our way, it may even become more difficult to live a Christ-like life, and yet we are still called to be committed. And I believe this year God is calling us to renew our calling to renew our character, and to renew our commitment. I can't tell you when normalcy will be renewed. I can't tell you when stability is going to be renewed. I can't tell you when sanity is going to be renewed in our country. But by the grace and the power of God, I believe this morning that Central Baptist Church needs to begin our renewal today. That today is the day where we set our sights collectively at church that we are going to be renewing our calling, our character, and our commitment to the will, the word, and the work of God in this place that God's called us to. As we prepare to, uh, to, to package the theme, I met with our staff and I met with uh, our, our teachers. We began talking about what the theme was going to be and the direction it was going to go. And we tra- had to find a symbol. We needed something that you could look at and relate to uh, as far as what renewal means and what it's all about. And I couldn't help but think about all the times that I have broken a computer. Anybody ever broken a computer? I am very good at it. They should hire me to test their new computers. They haven't made one that I haven't broken yet. And every once in a while, your screen will freeze up, won't it? You're there working, trying to get something done, and the mouse won't move, the cursor won't move, and you're trying to type something. It's just kind of frozen. And there at the top of your computer screen, you have that little arrow, that little refresh button. When you hit that refresh button, it unfreezes everything, and everything gets back to working normal again. I believe that's what we need to start doing today. Central Baptist Church today, we need to hit that refresh button, that renew button. We need to get unfrozen and unstuck and get about the work that God's called us here to do. I know, look, if you get sick, you can't be here, and if your family gets sick, you can't be here. But regardless, Central Baptist Church is renewing the work of God, the will of God, and living by the word of God starting today. And I want you to listen. Today 
today's a wonderful time to begin a fresh start that you desire, as with the rest of us here today, to be renewed. And verse 21 is going to be our verse. Renew our days as of old. I want to tell you something this morning. I have no doubt God can. I have no doubt God can. You know, if he raised Lazarus from the dead, you know what the resurrection of Lazarus was? It was nothing less than a renewal. Lazarus needed renewing, and if God, listen, could renew Lazarus, and I can tell you this morning, God can renew us this morning. He can renew our character, he can renew our calling, and God can renew our commitment. But here's the thing we're going to have to focus on today. We can't pray that God renews us without allowing God to renew us, all right? We can't pray and ask God for renewal. God, renew our calling as a church. God, renew our character as Christians. God, renew our commitment to this place that you called us to. We can't pray for renewal and yet not allow God to renew us. Do you know in order for us to be renewed, we've got to allow God to renew us? All right? We can't just ask God to reach down from heaven this morning and renew our calling and our commitment and our character. We can't just ask God to do all the work. Listen, I believe God wants to renew us, but we've got to be willing to let God renew us one at a time. Individual, it's called personal responsibility. I believe this morning that if we want God to change the world, we have to allow God to change our world. Amen? We pray and ask God, God, change the world. God, change the world, renew the world, refresh the world, give us a fresh start. And we're asking God to change the world, but we won't allow God to change our world. Now, I want to tell you something this morning. God's not going to change the world without changing his people's world. And this morning, I believe every one of us ought to make ourselves available to God. During the invitation time, we as David, search me, O God, and know my heart. Make ourselves available to God to be renewed. Because I hate to tell you this, we're not going to see a renewal in, in the world until we see a renewal in our world. Now, what is Lamentations all about? On Wednesday nights, we're going to be teaching through the book of Lamentations. I don't know that I've ever taken an entire book and preached and taught through an entire book, but we're going to do that starting next Wednesday night. We're going to teach through the book of Lamentations, and we're going to look at some lessons in the book of Lamentations. I told you last Wednesday night, this message this morning will be very simple, uh, but when you look at it, it's very timely. Why? Because the book of Lamentations is about a people who waited too late to realize they needed renewing. They waited too late. Matter of fact, the, the prayer we're reading in verse 21, he's asking for renewal. Oh, Lord, uh, the Bible says, renew our days as of old. They're begging for renewal, but they waited too late to ask for it. They waited too late to ask God to refresh them and to renew them. As a matter of fact, turn with me, if you will, back to chapter 1 of Lamentations. Let's get a look right quick at why they were needing to be renewed. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 1, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become as a widow, she that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces? How has she become tributary? She weepeth sore in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. Does that sound familiar? Does that not sound familiar? How doth a city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become a widow? She that was great among nations and princes, the Bible says, has become a tributary. Jerusalem has fallen. Jeremiah has preached for 40 years repentance. He has preached repentance, repentance. You know what repentance is? It's renewal. Turn back to God. 
He has begged God's people, turn back, turn back, turn back. And yet, all of those 40 years, the people of God have not desired to be renewed. They have not repented. And now, Jerusalem has fallen. 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar came in and sieged Jerusalem and destroyed the city. And the temple fell. And now we have this book called Lamentations. You know what Lamentations are? Lamentations are, ba- are basically obituaries. They're elegies. We're basically reading the obituary from 2,606 years ago about the fall of a great people. You know, before internet and before smartphones, if you want to find out who died and whatnot, you're read in the obituary section of the newspaper. You go back, oh, so-and-so passed away, and so-and-so passed away. Now we hear about it instantaneously with social media and with smartphones. Well, what we're reading here is an obituary. We're reading the lamentations of a city that has fallen. And when you read verse number one, we see a picture of exactly what began to happen. The Bible says she sits solitary. The Bible says she's a tributary and she weepeth sore. I want you to keep reading with me this morning. We're going to get to our text verse. Let's read down, just skip through, down through about verse number nine. Look at verse five. The Bible says, her adversaries are the chief, her enemies prosper, for the Lord hath afflicted her. The multitude of her transgressions, her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. Look down at verse 7, Jerusalem remembered in the days of her affliction and in her memories all her pleasant things that she had had in days of old. Have we not done that lately? Have we not thought lately about the good old days? Who thought that a year ago today was the good old days? Well, there was no virus, there was no pandemic, there was no people in the hospital, in the ICU fighting this virus. We were gathered together as a church. Oh, we're like Jerusalem. We are remembering the days of old. Well, the Bible says that we had those pleasant things. But look at verse 8. We see what happened. Jerusalem hath grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. And the Bible says that a sin is a reproach to any people, even the great United States. The sin is a reproach to any people. There's none of us above God's law or God's judgment. And the way that our country has lived over the past 50, 60, even 100 years, we should not be surprised that we're seeing what we're seeing in our country today. Why? Because we've grievously sinned. Therefore, she is removed. America is not beyond being removed as the world power understand that. Why? Because the hand of God is the one who does the placing and the removing. Notice all that honored her despise her. Because they have seen her nakedness, yet she sigheth and turneth backward. Oh, are we a backward society? Save the animals, but kill the babies. Verse 9. I want you to key in on verse 9. It's going to be our text today. We're going to see the root of the problem. Her filthiness is in her skirts. She remembereth not her last end. Therefore, she came down wonderfully. That word wonderfully is not a good, we think wonderfully is a good thing. Man, that is just a wonderful thing. Wonderful means she fell so fast and she fell so hard that people watched in awe and wonder that this great powerhouse, the city of God, that he had placed his name there, had fallen so quickly. The Bible says she had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy hath magnified himself. This morning, I want to share with you the vision for our church. And I told you, look, normally I like to leave you here today with a sense of optimism. And I hope you are optimistic because God is still on the throne. But more than optimism today, I believe our church needs to leave and walk out of this place today carrying a burden of obligation. 
There's nothing wrong with uh, optimism and being excited about what God's going to do. And I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in spite of our circumstances. But we should leave here today with a vision and an obligation to be renewed. Why? Because we are just like Jerusalem this morning. I mean, there's some frightening things on the horizon today. I had to get off social media and get off of the news last night from reading it. Why? So many conspiracy theories and things floating around our world. I don't know what's about to happen, but I know God desires that his church be renewed. And I believe verse 9 shows us how we can do just that. Notice it says this, she remembereth not her last end. She remembereth not her last end. Let's stop there and let's pray. And I pray you'd open your heart this morning to receive the vision of what God would desire that we do as a church. Father God, thank you again for the privilege of being here. Father, thank you for the message you've given us today. And Lord, I confess to you as I have many times already this morning, my heart is full and my heart is heavy. Uh, Lord, I want to give our church, Lord, the vision and be excited and optimistic about what you're going to do. But Father, help us leave here with that obligation of what you're calling us to do. And Lord, help us to set our sights on your will for our life and our church in this new year. And I thank you for what you're going to do today, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number 9, when you look down at it, the Bible says, She remembereth not. She remembereth not. Jerusalem's downfall was a result of something that she forgot. All right? Now, we've got to pay close attention to this this morning because what we are forgetting and what we have forgotten is what's causing us our trouble today. I remember years ago when I was changing my oil for the first time, I had an 86 Ford F-150. It was the uh, year where the paint was bad, and uh, it was speckled. It had some dark blue, some light blue, some primer, and some rust. It was like an old, ugly, speckled dog. But I was very proud of it because I worked all summer putting on roofs to buy that thing. And when I washed it, I'd even wash the old rusty spots that were there. Why? I was proud of that truck. It wasn't given to me. I had to work for it, and I was thankful for it. And I remember one of the first times I went to change my oil, I was so excited, you know, I wasn't going to take it to the Jiffy Lou place. I'm a man's man. I'm an American. I'm going to change my own oil. So I got a little ramp out there and drove the truck up on the ramp, chocked the tires, climbed underneath, found the plug, and undid the plug. And here comes all that old black oil flowing out. I like to get my use out of the oil. Amen. I just burn it till it's black. And it came out of there, and I kept watching, and finally it quit dripping and kept dripping and quit dripping. And it was time to put the oil back in. I had a whole case over there. Went and busted open that case, popped the lid on it, and started pouring the oil down in there. I knew it was probably going to take about four, maybe five. Four, maybe five. And I filled that one up, put the lid back on the book, got another one, popped it in, poured it down in there, filled it up, filled it up. Got three over in there. And once I got four in there, I thought, you know what, I might better check. I better check, make sure I'm not overfilling it, because I don't want to burn up my truck. You know, it was my only means of transportation. It was better than a bicycle, even though it was ugly. And uh, so I pulled the dipstick out, and you wouldn't believe this. There was nothing on the dipstick. And I'm thinking, my goodness, this truck's drinking a whole lot of oil. I didn't know that. Boy, I got me another quart. Put it on there. He's going to keep it on going. And I, look, I'm not going to scrimp. I'm going to make sure it's got all the oil it needs in there. And I put it in there. I said, look, it wasn't even touching the stick. I better go get another one. Boy, I popped another one under there. Fill it up and pull the stick out. And I'm thinking, good grief, man. No wonder I got the truck so cheap. It drinks oil. And then it hit me. And it hit me forgot to put the plug in. And I'm thinking, is there some kind of way you could separate good oil from bad oil, get my oil back out of there? No, it all got mixed up down in there together. Man, the reason I, listen, things weren't looking good on the dipstick is because I forgot to put the plug in. And no matter what I put in there, no matter how much I put in there, I couldn't put enough in there. Why? Because of what I had forgotten. You know how I think about our country today is just like that? 
I think about the churches like that today. We try to put so much in and so much in and so much in, but we're missing what matters, and no matter what we put into it, we're not going to get anything out of it because of what we're forgetting. Now, folks, we've got to realize what we're forgetting this morning. Verse 9 shows us what Jerusalem forgot and why they need to be renewed. It says, she remembereth not her last end. I believe this morning the road to renewal begins with remembering. And this morning, I want to take you down three quick steps on the road to renewal. We're going to cover these three things throughout this year. Next Sunday, when you come in, Lord willing, there'll be three banners on each side of the wall explaining these particular things we're going to look at throughout the year. Why? Because we've got to remember these things in order to be renewed. So let's look at the first one, if we could. The Bible says, her filthiness is in her skirt. She remembereth not her last end. Now, that's a phrase we don't use very often, the last end. It almost seems redundant, doesn't it? Her last end. When you look it up, it's a very important word that those two words mean. It's the word posterity. The Bible says that Jerusalem remembereth not her last end or her posterity or her purpose. Jerusalem had forgotten why God had called her there to begin with. The, when you read those words, her last end, it's speaking about her purpose or her calling. Now, folks, can I tell you something this morning? Oftentimes, we are just like Jerusalem. We, as God's people, we forget our purpose. And this morning, if we're going to be renewed, the first thing we're going to have to renew is our calling. We're going to have to be the people of God about the purpose of God in the place of God, all right? That's why God has called us here. And the reason Jerusalem stands at this hour in need of renewal is they had forgotten their last end or their purpose. Jerusalem had gotten so busy living their life, they forgot the reason for living their life. Do you know that's something that we're all tempted to do? We get so busy living, we forget what we're supposed to be living for. Do you know we're not just here to enjoy ourselves? God lets us do that, and I'm thankful for that. We're not just here to have a good time and build our kingdoms and have things the way we like them. We're here because we have a calling. I'm thankful to be saved, number one. I am so thankful to be saved, have my name written down. If this thing falls apart tomorrow, I'm out of here, and I'm okay with that. For those of you that are left behind, you can have my blowgun. You can have whatever is in there, for the, but make sure I'm not there, all right? All right, don't you come up to my house tonight thinking, yeah, well, I guess he's gone. No, make sure the trumpet sounded first, all right, or something might, bad might happen to you, okay? Look, number one, I'm thankful to be saved. But number two, listen, I'm thankful to have a call of God upon my life. You say, well, you're a pastor. Of course you have a call of God on your life. No, listen, when you got saved, you got a calling of God upon your life. Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20 doesn't just fall to pastors and preachers and evangelists. It falls to every born-again child of God. And the reason this morning, listen, that every church just about in America stands in need of renewal is because we've forgotten our calling. What did he say in verse number 9? She remembereth not her last end. She forgot why God had called her in the first place. You ever been on vacation? I've done this many times, boy. Uh, as I get older, I try to enjoy things more. But in my younger years, you know, last year, the year before last, in my younger years, um, I like to fill my schedule as much as I could. And we go on vacation. This is no joke. We had a war room in our house before we went on vacation. We had dry erase boards. I'm not joking. Dry erase boards, where we were going, where we were going to eat, and what time. 
And we filled our schedule. Look, we saved up a lot of money to go on that vacation, and we're going to get everything we can out of the time that we were there. And so we go to Disney World, and we got, all right, we're going to be in the Magic Kingdom, eating at the Crystal Palace at 12.10 p.m. And we had it all mapped out. And one day, me and Leslie, we got back to the room, and we, get, we would stay until the park closes. We get back to the room, and we are war slap out. One day I told Leslie, I said, you know what, I think, I think we're forgetting the whole point of a vacation. Why did we get away from everything to rest and relax and to recharge? And here we are working harder, doing more and burning more energy than we did back home. Matter of fact, you have to come home to get a vacation from your vacation. We kind of forgot what it was all about. I think we have Christians have done that. Now, folks, look, I don't mind ministries. I think ministries are important. I don't mind fellowship. I don't mind the things we get to do as a church. I don't mind the things our kids get to do. They had a wonderful winter retreat this week. Had a good time with that. Folks, can I tell you something? We do a lot of things oftentimes that are important, but they're not the priority. And if we're not careful, we'll get so distracted by all the other things that we forget the main things, and the main things is the call of God for which we are placed at this place at this time. Can I tell you what it's time for Central Baptist Church to do? It's time to remember our calling, and it's time to renew our calling. Look, our church will not survive without renewing our calling. No matter how many programs we have, no matter how many fun things we have to do and fun places we go, our church will not survive if we don't renew our calling for which God left us here. It ought to be the burden of every one of us when we leave here today. Yes, we're going to fellowship. Next week, we're going to talk about Sunday school and when Sunday school is getting back started and things we're going to do throughout the year. Tonight, we'll go over a little bit the calendar, some things we have on the list. But understand this. The priority of Central Baptist Church in the new year is to renew the calling of God at this place for which God left us here. I want you to notice we're talking about God's people this is Jerusalem. What does it say in verse 8? Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. You see, God had called them to be his people. Remember when God called Abraham out of Ur? He called him out of Ur, that pagan place, and called him. He wanted them to come to a place where they were his people. Matter of fact, turn back to your left. I'll show you a verse in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah chapter number 32. Look down, if you will, to verse 37. Jeremiah shares with the people when he's preaching repentance prior to captivity. He's telling them exactly what God desired and what would eventually happen, but only after captivity. Look at verse 37. Jeremiah 32, verse 37. He's speaking now that after captivity, behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whither I have driven them in mine anger. And in my fury and in my great wrath, listen close, and I will bring them again into this place and will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. That was God's desire all along. You know what God's desire for them was? To represent him. That's why God called Abraham. God says, Abraham, I want you to get up out of your country and the country of your fathers and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show to you. I want you to be my representative. Abraham, I want you to represent me, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God, and I want you to represent me among all mankind. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? You know why it does sound familiar? Because that's what God's called us to do. We have been left here to represent God. We are his representatives. As a matter of fact, we bear his name as Christians. It has Christ right there in the name. That's who we're supposed to be representing. But I hate to tell you this, not many today realize that's part of our calling. That when you go to work, 
when you go to school, when you're out and about in town, we are here called by God to represent him. And if we truly desire to be renewed, we've got to allow God to renew our calling upon our life and to realize that's why we're here to begin with. This past week, they had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, turmoil and chaos up there in Washington uh, when they voted to certify the votes. And we're not going to get into the politics of it this morning. But a lot of folks got mad, and I read it on Facebook, reading all the folks who were getting mad, and I was one of the folks that was getting mad that their senator didn't stand up and at least question the validity. Look, there's got to be some hinky things going on somewhere with all this stuff. And boy, folks were getting mad that, hey, you're, hey, I sent you up to Washington to represent me, and you're not speaking up, and you're not saying anything. And oh, I was listening to them. And boy, folks was getting fired up. Folks was getting mad. Some folks was losing their testimony. I mean, it's getting riled up. Why? Because then, hey, I put you in office to go up there and represent me, and you're not saying anything. And all that's mad. Boy, the Holy Spirit has a neat way of bringing things back home, doesn't he? He says, now you know how I feel. I set you up. I saved your soul. I called you to represent me. And you're down here, do what you want. You're not speaking up. You're not saying anything. Hey, you're supposed to be my representative. That's what you're called to do. And yet most of us go about our lives, living our lives for ourselves. And our lives and our testimonies represent us. And they don't represent who we're called to represent. The Bible says Jerusalem, what does it say? Remembereth not her last end. That's her purpose. I found it funny and heartbreaking when I read over the stimulus bill the other day. I couldn't read all of it because it's a novel, but I read the high points of it. And there's $900 billion in there for Americans. I hope you got your stimulus, and I hope you're enjoying it, uh, whatever you want to do with it there. But what was amazing is you read this stimulus package for the American people, and there's over $1.4 trillion not for Americans in there. I thought to myself, that seems kind of weird. You know, they got this package where we're trying to help Americans and jumpstart the American economy, and Americans got $900 billion of it, but $1.4 trillion of it went to other folks. I thought, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. It grieved me something fierce this year to write out my tax check, all right? Uh, it, it really did. For those of you that got a return, you're welcome uh, because, uh, whoo, man, they got me this year. Write out that check, send it in there. Man, look, I'd rather it go to Americans, to be honest with you. I don't mind helping folks out. I really don't. But I think y'all take care of the home team first. Amen? Amen. That's just me. I know I'm weird and old-fashioned. Look, the Lord's coming back tomorrow probably, so you know, I might as well go ahead and get out and just tell you the truth and be honest with you, all right? All right, I looked it up. $10 million went to gen, uh, gender studies in Pakistan. I'm not even sure what that means. Gender studies. They could have paid me 10% of that, and I could have helped them answer that question really, really easy. They could have paid me 5% of that, and I could have helped them. You know they're watching us this morning. They're going to shut us down, all right? All security men, all right, y'all, y'all man your post. $86 million for assistance to Cambodia, $130 million to Nepal. I've always wanted to go climb Mount Everest. Maybe they'll give us a discount. Man, we helped them out a little bit. $135 million to Burma. 450 million to Ukraine, 700 million to Sudan. I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, you know, I don't mind helping folks out from time to time, but I'd rather help the folks across the street out, the folks in my own state out, the folks in my own country out. Hey, man, what are you taking all the resources and you're passing it out to everybody else that you don't represent? I'm just all fired up mad about that. And then here comes the Holy Spirit again. Holy Spirit says, I blessed you with health. I blessed you with liberty. I blessed you with freedom. I blessed you with a church. I blessed you with all these things. And yet, what are you doing with it? 
You're not fulfilling your calling with it. You're living for yourself and spending it on yourself. We have forgotten our last end. And folks, can I tell you something? If we're going to be restored this morning, we're going to have to renew our calling. What is our calling? Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. God left us here to represent him and to win others. That's why we're here. Matter of fact, February the 13th, I believe that's a Saturday, and February the 14th, that's a Sunday, it's Valentine's Day. Even though it's Valentine's Day, you don't get a holiday from church, amen? Look, if you love your family, you love your spouse, bring them to church, all right? It's the best thing you can do on Valentine's Day. February 13th and 14th this year, uh, we're having a soul-winning refresher uh, workshop. On Saturday, we're going to have classes all day long, bringing in a preacher out of Virginia. He's going to come in and teach our folks how to win folks. Why? That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. You know, I don't know how much electricity we spend every week keeping the baptistry waters flowing, but look, I don't know that we're getting our money's worth out of the electricity. Why? We're not fulfilling our calling. And if we're going to fulfill God's will for this church in the new year, we've got to renew our calling, our purpose for which God left us here. Look down at verse number 7 again. The Bible says, Jerusalem remembered in the days of her affliction and her miseries all her pleasant things she had in days of old. Can I ask you something? I, I hear a lot of stories about Central Baptist Church, about the good old days. January 2020, <laughs> no, before that. People that were saved, the buses that were filled, balconies that were full in the good old days. Can I tell you why so often we look back in our past and see the good old days? Because those were the days that we fulfilled our calling. That's why they were good. God honored and God blessed. Those were the pleasant things we had in the days of old. Why? Because we were living according to what God had called us to do. And folks, this morning, if we want to have the good days in the midst of bad circumstances, we've got to, number one, renew our calling. There's just, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. You know, a lot of times churches think if we have a lot of fun stuff, we can attract people. And I look, I'm not saying that doesn't help a little bit, but that's not what we're called to do. It says, go out. Go out of the highways and hedges and compel them to come. Go ye into all the world. Look, there's nothing wrong with having fun stuff and inviting people. We're going to go over a lot of that stuff on the calendar here in just a little while tonight. We might as well just stay. It's already 1201. Now you don't have to look at your watch. But can I tell you something? We're still called to go. And we've got to renew our calling. I read a story about a king who was concerned about the character of his kingdom. He thought that the character of his kingdom was going down, and so he had all these little tests. And one of the tests was he went and he placed a rock in the middle of the road, a great big rock he had his soldiers carry and put it in the middle of the road. And he wanted to see how many of his loyal subjects would move the rock out of the way to clear the road. So he set up on a hill, and he's watching. Here come some people pulling a little wagon, and they look down, and there's that rock, big rock in the middle of the road. And rather than move it, they just went around it. Here come another group of people. A caravan comes through in their camels, and instead of moving the rock, they just went around it. And one by one, all of these folks just kept going around it, going around it. Nobody wanted to stop and move the rock. And finally, this poor peddler comes through. The poor peddler sees a big rock in the road, and he thinks to himself, he says, you know what, that's not going to move itself. I need to get it out of the way. That way nobody runs into it. And the peddler rolls the rock out of the way. When he rolls the rock out of the way underneath it, he finds a bag full of gold that the king had placed there for him. The thing that everybody had kept going around held the key to what they needed and what they were looking for. I believe this morning one of the things that we've been going around for too long is we've been going around our calling. We're trying every other way in the world to build a church other than what we're called and the way we're called to build a church. And if we're going to be renewed in the new year, we've got to, number one, renew our calling. Now, look, if you will, back to verse number nine. The Bible says her filthiness. Notice that. 
It says, first she remembereth not her last end. So number one, we've got to renew our calling. All throughout the year, we're going to look at how to renew our calling. Now the Bible says in verse 9, it uses the word filthiness. Filthiness. The Bible says they've become filthy and they've been defiled. They've slipped off into idolatry. They've slipped off in immorality. Rather than represent God and influence the culture, they've allowed the culture they were living in to influence them. Now, folks, this is very, very important. Now we see Jerusalem, the city of God, the place of the people of God. It is now fallen. The Bible says it's fallen wonderfully and there's no comforter. In order for them to be renewed, number two, they're going to have to renew their calling. But the second thing is they must renew their character. They're going to have to renew their character. Now watch this. What is a calling? A calling is why we're here. Lord willing, next week there'll be a, a banner up here on the left side of the platform. I didn't want to put them up early because then you'd know what it is. That's why you don't get the bulletin until after you leave church today. When you walk out the door today, you'll get the bulletin. Why? Because the theme was on the back of the bulletin. Next week it'll be up here on the stage, and it's going to have all three of these things here. It'll say, number one, our calling is why we're here. Number two, our character is who we are. Can I tell you why the church this morning stands in need of being renewed? We've forgotten who we are. We have forgotten who we are. We've allowed the culture to influence us instead of us influencing the culture. And remember in Genesis chapter 12 when God called Abraham, we'll not turn there. The Bible says, I want you to get up out of your country, that was Ur, and I want you to go to the country where I'm telling you to go. Joshua summed it up this way in verse 2 of chapter 24. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor. Listen close. And they served other gods. God called them out of that to a place where he was their God and they were their people. But here's what happened. Rather than serve God, they allowed the culture they were living in to influence their character. Now, folks, hear me out this morning. This is something we've got to deal with in the new year. God's people have got to renew our character, and our character is who thus saith the Lord we are supposed to be. Our character is not who we want to be. Amen. Our character is not who we like to be. You know, I hear people all the time, I go to this church because I like this. I go to this church because I like that. Hey, that's all good and fine as long as God called you there. Because in the end, it's what the Lord says is what matters, not what we like and what we want. But there's too many of us today, watch this, we are powerless Christians. Why? Because we've forgotten who we are. We've allowed the culture of the world to influence and corrupt us. And verse 9 describes so many in the church today, filthiness, filthiness. When Jeremiah was preaching repentance in chapter 10 and verse 2, he said this, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathen. What does that mean? That means be who you're supposed to be. I told you so many times when I walk out the door, my dad would say, remember who you are and what you are. Remember who you are and what you are. Why did my dad say that? Because he knew I was going out into a world that was different than the way he had raised me to be. And he knew that that world was going to try to change who I was so that I would become more like them. And he reminded me on the way out the door, remember who you are and what you're called to do. Or else the world's going to tell you who you are and you're going to learn the way of the heathen. Folks, it's very easy to learn. Some things are hard to learn. Maybe riding a bike, taking out the garbage, something like that. It's hard to learn. I'm still working on it. But the ways of the world are not hard to learn. You know why? They come natural. We are hardwired and stuff right here 
that comes pre-programmed with the ways of the heathen. You get mad at me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get mad at you. It comes natural. You step on my toe, I want to punch you in the nose. If you take the last Krispy Kreme, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it's not good. I come hardwired in the ways of the heathen. That's why we've got to renew who we are. The Bible says her filthiness. She forgot who she was. God had called him out of all of that. He says, I called Abraham out of Ur and worshiping the false gods. I called you out of that to the place where I am your God and you're my people. And now you've become filthy and idolatrous. Jerusalem is in need of renewal. Why? Because they forgot who they were. Very timely quote I read just yesterday by Ronald Reagan. He says, if we ever forget we are one nation under God, we'll be a nation gone under. If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, we will be a nation that has gone under. I don't know if we've gone under, but, buddy, the water seems like it's getting just about here. Why? Because we have forgotten that we're a nation under God. I believe this morning the church is in bad shape because we simply have forgotten who we are. And it's time to renew our character. It's time to renew our character. You know, there's a reason the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 6, listen close to what it says about teaching your children. Teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Why did he say teach your kids when you're walking? Teach your kids when you're at home? Teach your kids when they're lying down? Talking about teaching your kids about the things of God? Teach them when they rise up? You know what he's telling you? Tell them who they are. Tell them who they're supposed to be. Do you know why I got so many confused kids running around today? They don't know what gender they are. They don't know what's up and what's down and what's going on in the world. Do you know why they're so confused? Bless their hearts. It's because they had a mom and dad who left them to the world. And the Bible says that a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. you got to tell them who they are. Do you know why? If you don't tell them who they are, somebody is. And we got so many young people grow up in a Christian church and they graduate and they go out into the world and they immediately adopt the character and culture of the world. Why? They didn't know who they were because preachers are afraid to preach it. And that's the fact. They're afraid to tell people who God says you're supposed to be. Why? Because they don't like seeing empty chairs. And I don't like seeing empty chairs either. But if somebody leaves because they're not who we are, then they never were part of us to begin with. And if our church is going to have the power of God going into the new year, we've got to renew our character and who God's called us to be. Now, folks, look, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't. But all of a sudden, you realize I'm not one of them. Well, then guess what? Then you're not one of them. You can be. We have free membership here. All right? We're not going to charge you an exorbitant amount. Maybe a dozen donuts, you know, but that'll be all right. You can, we'll let you in. But folks, tonight, if we're going to stand and not fall to ruin, we've got to get back to our character, and our character is who God says we're supposed to be. You know, you're reading the Word of God, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Do you know why he put that in there? He's telling us who we're supposed to be. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He's telling us who we're supposed to be. Now, folks, tonight, that's what thus saith the Lord. He said, well, I just don't like that. I, I like the old things. Well, I look, I look, I like a lot of things that aren't good for me either, but it doesn't change the fact of what thus saith the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. When he says be ye separate, you know what he's doing? He's telling us who you're supposed to be. Be separate. 
come out from among them, just like he called Abraham out of Ur and out of those pagan gods. He's called us out of the world, and that's what we're supposed to be. And the reason this morning the church sits in ruin, what did verse 1, chapter 1 say? How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? Verse 2, she weepeth sore. Do you know why? We forgot who we were. In order to appeal to more people, we lowered our standard of our character. And we got more people, but got less of a church. We don't have enough power to light a spiritual match. Why? Well, we can't preach about it. I'll, I'll be honest. Will Rogers said this. Will Rogers says a man's character is revealed in three ways. What he laughs at, what he gets angry about, and what he cries about. You want to find out who you really are? What do you laugh at? I've never been so much more disappointed. And look, it's hard to get disappointed, but I'm just being honest with you. I get disappointed like the next person. You scroll through social media and see all these television shows that God's people are posting and things they're watching, shows that glorify immorality and adultery, things that go against the word of God. And man, we're posting all this stuff up there. You see, our character's being revealed in what we laugh at. Can I ask you, what do you cry about? You cry about lost folks? You cry about families that are, that are headed toward divorce? You cry about young people that are in rebellion? Do you cry about the immorality that's just, that's just covering our country right now? Or do we cry more because we haven't got our stimulus check? If you're crying about that, man, we got to talk. $600. Somebody put on Facebook the other day. I loved it. $600 has uh, changed your life. Imagine what a job will do. I thought, amen. $600 has changed your life. Man, I tell you, you go to McDonald's and do better than that. Look, verse 21, our theme verse this year says, Turn thou, unto, uh, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Now, I want you to notice something before I give you the last thing. This is the end of the book. They waited too late. They waited too late to think about being renewed. They waited too late to renew their calling. They waited too late to renew their character. And now they're sitting in shambles because they forgot who they were and why they were there. And now they're saying, Lord, renew us, but it's too late. Look at verse 22. Thou hast utterly rejected us thou art very wroth against us. I can't tell you what God's doing in our country today. I pray we're still at verse 21 and not at verse 22. I can't tell you that, but I pray we are. I pray we're at the place where we can still ask God, renew our days as of old. But I'll tell you this, God's not going to renew our days as of old if we don't renew our calling. Why did God call us to this place? Who did God call us to be? We have been corrupted by the rest of the culture instead of going out in the culture and sharing with them Christ. And finally, if you would look up to verse 2, and we'll be done. Chapter 1, verse 2. We're going to take the whole year and unfold these three things, but I wanted to share them with you today. The Bible says, She weepeth sore in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, her, the Bible says, Among all her lovers, she hath none to comfort. Notice the Bible uses the word lovers. God's given us an example that his people have cheated on him. Her lovers, they've cheated on him. 
They've gone back and forth between God. We read that, I mean, all the way back to Exodus. Right after they left Egypt, they would go to God and they would go back and forth. They would be with God and with this other, other God and with God and with this other God. And God says that none of her lovers are there to comfort her. The third thing I want you to see, very simple. I believe if we're going to be renewed this year, we're going to have to renew our commitment to God. We're going to have to renew our commitment to God. We can't be half in, half out anymore. Thought about it this way this morning. A God-forsaken society is a reflection of a society that has forsaken God. I want you to think about that. We look around and say, we live in this God-forsaken society. Look, the society that we're living in is a reflection of a people that have forsaken God. The Bible says in the book of Exodus that God is a jealous God. What does that mean? That means he wants commitment. If we want God to work for us and bless us and protect us and empower us, we've got to be committed to God. Is there grace? Yes. But oh, my soul, it seems like we've depended upon God working in spite of us for too long. And God says it's time for you to step up and renew what you can for yourself, your calling, your character, and your commitment. I believe looking ahead, I don't know what's about to happen in the next 10 days, but I hear the next 10 days might get just a little bit rocky. I believe our calling is going to be treacherous. It's going to be treacherous. There will probably come a time where we'll not be able to broadcast uh, our services anymore. That's a very real possibility now. Very real possibility that they may go through and look at all of our old services and find something we preached against that they don't like, and they decide, you know what, they're just going to shut us down. Very possible, very possible that our calling is going to be treacherous. And we know that our character is going to be unaccepted. Being who God's called us to be is not going to be very well accepted in the world that we're living in today. The only hope of us staying the course is commitment. That's the decision you make. God's called us. God's given us our character. But whether or not you finish the race... And fulfill the will of God is all dependent upon whether or not you're going to be committed to him. And that's the decision we make this morning. God has desired that we be renewed. We renew our calling. We renew our character. But the only way we're going to have those things renewed and we become the church that God has called us to be is that we decide today, right now, Vision Sunday, 2021, that we're going to be committed in spite of whatever circumstances come our way. If you have to be out You have to be out because of the virus or quarantine or whatever it is. You're still going to be committed. You're going to be committed to the word of God even when you have to be out. Why? Because that's the only hope of maintaining our calling and our character. What does the Bible say in Psalms 37, 5? Commit thy way in the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Do you know what I'm praying that God brings to pass this year? Renewal. God renew us. God, renew us in 2021. You say, well, the world's falling apart and the election and all this. I know, but that doesn't affect God or his power. I'm praying that God renews us. And the Bible says if we commit our way into the Lord, trust in him, he shall bring it to pass. But it requires commitment. I'm going to be committed to my calling. I'm going to be committed to my character. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, you know what fainting not is? Commitment. Commitment. This is Vision Sunday. God's calling us to be renewed, to have a renewed calling, why we're here, renewed character, who we're supposed to be, 
but it's going to require a renewed commitment. That no matter what happens, I'm going to stick by the stuff. I'm going to stand on this book. I'm going to be in my place. Why? Because I know if I'll be committed to God, I know God's going to be committed to me. He's going to uphold his end of the bargain. Aren't you glad? I believe God desires to renew us this year. I'm praying that God will renew us this year. But we're not going to be who God would have us to be in this new year if we don't leave here with a burden to be renewed. And that begins right now at invitation time where we decide whether or not we're going to allow God to renew us. Remember, we can't ask God to renew us without allowing God to renew us. We can't ask God to change the world unless we allow God to change our world. So this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet.